Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. This is your place if you are launching your career as a nurse or are preparing to launch. If you're growing into your role or growing into a new role, or if you're seeking to thrive or just need a little refresh in your work as a nurse or your life as a nurse. Living your best nursing life doesn't just happen. It takes energy and dedication. On this podcast, you will have the opportunity to learn, live, and love all the experiences of being a nurse. Nursing is truly an amazing journey. It's your amazing journey. It's your license. It's your career. It's your job. It's your reality. And it's your certification. It's all about you. You will get strategies and stories, inspiration, information on how to live your best life in this podcast. This is all about helping you stay fresh, energized, and making sure that you are your best self on the job. And when you're off the job, when you finish that day shift or that night shift, or your day is done, and this is about today, tomorrow, and your nursing future. So hang on. Thank you for being here with me on this amazing journey that we call nursing life. Welcome to another episode of the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. I'm Natalie Dietrich, and I am so honored to have Susan J. Faris with me today. Susan is an author, an experienced nurse who's been on many adventures as a nurse, and she has been a shining star when you think about how to pivot and take your nursing experience and your role and use it to your greatest advantage in life and work. Susan, welcome to our show. Well, thank please you, Natalie. Tell, <laughs> please tell us a little bit about yourself. I can go on for three hours, but uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I started my nursing career right after college, getting my BSN in Pennsylvania at Widener University, and immediately joined the Navy for three years, and then transferred to the Army for nine and a half years. So I was a military nurse uh, initially for about almost 13 years. And it brought me to different uh, geographic locations. So I learned about change right off the bat. Uh, we changed our duty stations every year to three years in military. So I had to move. I worked in clinical areas. Did you want to know about where in clinical I worked? Yes. Uh, started in general medicine for in the Navy and then uh, cardiothoracic step down telemetry. And then in the Army, I was surgical intensive care, emergency room, orthopedic surgery, a lot of adult med surge and ICU uh, recovery room. And then I went into staff development and nursing education and admin. I was a, a chief nurse at an outpatient clinic, as well as a head nurse or clinical head nurse um, in the advanced care unit, small ICU. So that was my military, a lot of clinical uh, and some nursing education and admin. So I did have three areas that I worked in. And in 1990, I left the military and became a nurse entrepreneur. And the rest is history as far as my life with more reinventions and changes and pivots um, to, I initially did um, continuing education. I prepared hospitals uh, and clinics for joint commission surveys. 
Um, I may be talking in some older language, so bear with me as far as I'm very old and ancient. <laughs> uh, I worked at a, um, let's see, a Johnson & Johnson company doing uh, clinical research as a consultant. I've done legal nurse consulting. And now the most I've been doing the past, let's see, 12 years or so is communication. So I'm not in clinical nursing anymore, but I am a PR, a public relations consultant and communicator. And I do social media, marketing, websites, um, you name it, <laughs> for our clients that are mostly in the entertainment field, but most recently in nursing as well. So uh, I've worked with theaters, musicians, uh, filmmakers, authors, lots of authors, artists, businesses, and a variety of people and ages. Many of my uh, clients are over, over 50 years old. In fact, I spoke to somebody yesterday that's 79. And that would be the third 79-year-old I've worked with. So I have to be able to work with different cultures, different styles, different ages, and different needs of each client. I personalize what they need with PR. I hope that helps well, in a snippet. <laughs> yes, yes. And I have to say that in your military work, I think you covered all the body systems, which is a great foundation for nurses. And I know a lot of the audience is. Many of my listeners are in clinical settings, acute care, ambulatory mm -hmm. care. So they may be at any phase or any point mm -hmm. in their practice years, but that hospital mm -hmm. and the work you do there teaches you all the body systems and communication is essential. Absolutely. And, you know, I know you've published books and you are a communicator, which is something that you probably developed in your early years of nursing and you are creative. Look how mm. you've taken your communication and your your real world experience working and in military and pivoting where life takes you to be a communicator. If we can't communicate to the people around us, patients, family members, providers, right? How can we get the message across? And communication in healthcare is a language. You have to practice to become fluent, right? Absolutely, you have to have tact also and you have to have empathy. Um but you also have to have your right and left brain going because you're you're telling them information that may be very difficult for them to understand you have to be succinct and yet make an impact and and yet and persuade yet not dictate and there's so much about communication with nursing and yes you're right it was not until my master's degree that i put it all together and thought i am a good communicator i have this natural ability or this innate ability to communicate or to share to share rather than keep things within. Many people do not like to share. And I'm more for don't reinvent the wheel. Let's help each other and share. Yeah. So and that, what I've learned you know, as, sorry, excuse oh. me. What I've learned as a mentor more recently working in a hospital setting is often the newest nurses need to be encouraged to speak up. They have to be confident and they may feel like they're not convincing. They're not able to tell the patients and family members things that they're going to believe, but we are in trusted positions as nurses with people who are at a point in their lives where they need care, especially when you think about the hospital. So communicating, right. you know, we have, we have to be, we're seen as trusted as nurses Absolutely. and the information you're giving is really important for those that you're caring for and those providers. And you're right. We have to be succinct. We have to be able to communicate effectively with often decisions that hinge on that message that you're giving right away. Okay. So Communication is key and you've used it to build your career, you know, as you've gone through your professional life. 
Tell me how you are connecting with nurses now. We talked a little bit about this ahead of time. I'd love for you to share that with nurses. And I know it includes your poems and um, a little bit more than that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, Well, recently, um, due to the pandemic, I republished my book from 1993, Poetic Expressions in Nursing, Sharing the Caring, because I saw, I just, my intuition was just calling me that the nurses were struggling. They were suffering. They were depressed. They were anxious. They were dealing with death more than ever in their careers. I mean, it was just the overall empathy that I had was like, I have to do something. So what I did was I republished this book. I did a second edition to be able to celebrate nursing, tell nurses, validate what they do, and also share it with the public. This book is not just for nurses. It's for anybody. It's for humans so that they get a glimpse into what a nurse goes through with some of the poems. Um, But I also blog and I also get interviewed with um, different articles and I do a lot of podcasts so that I can share my journey and the fact that storytelling is so important in nursing. We we all kind of work independently. We're We're on teams and things like that. Say we're in a hospital. But how do we connect with each other and validate? Yeah, that patient was so tough to deal with. Or, boy, that third death in a row really got to my heart. How do I how do I get a release of everything that I'm dealing with over many, many years as a nurse, as a seasoned nurse, or as a beginning nurse? I don't know if I'm developmentally mature enough to handle what I'm handling. And that's what happened with me as a new, as a brand new nurse in my 20s. I was burnt out in my first nursing position. And if it wasn't for the mentor, nurse supervisor that noticed this in me, I don't know where I would have been. I might have quit nursing. So this is many, many years ago, over 40 years ago. Listen to your inside (laughs) intuition and your gut and be able to either go to a supervisor, go to a friend, get help or counseling if you need to. But as nurses, we deal with so much internally that we're dealing with that we need to somehow release it or share it or, you know, unload it because otherwise it's going to be accumulating inside of us. It has to go somewhere. And so you put it on paper. I put it on paper. Yeah. I am not self, you know, you could get self-destructive. You could, you could harm yourself by drinking too much, taking drugs, um, just doing, how doing to anything to excess. Yeah. Right. But to, how have to stress. Right. Yeah. So what my journey began though, very accidentally was poetry. I don't know if we spoke about this earlier, mm-hmm. but in, in night, I grew up with a grandma, my maternal grandmother had early Alzheimer's when nobody knew what this was. This was in the 1960s and she passed away at age 60 institutionalized because there were no support services at all at that time. And she had the early type of Alzheimer's. So long story short, she passed away in 1971. No one in our family really talked about her because it was so painful. We kept it all inside. In 1991, excuse me, I went to see the movie Awakenings. Robert De Niro and Robin Williams were in that movie. It was a very good movie. And there was a character that sat in a wheelchair that caught a red ball that had a gaze about her. She reminded me of my grandmother in her late stages, actually right before she passed away on her deathbed. And I was crying in the movie theater. This is 1991. 
My husband was with me. We were pretty newly married at the time. So he didn't know my grandmother. She had passed away 20 years prior to that. The next couple of days, he had gone on a business trip and I was unable to get to sleep. And I kept thinking about the movie and that character and my grandmother. And I'm like, I took a bath. I couldn't get to sleep. I had a glass of wine. I could not get to sleep. And I don't normally do that, but I had a glass of wine. And And so I'm sitting there and I grabbed a journal that he had given me the year before at Christmas. And I sat on the couch, centered myself, and a three-page poem poured out of me that rhymed, that was in sequence from childhood to 20 years after she died as a nurse reflecting on the whole thing. It's called Anne's Zest Ends, because she was a real zesty woman, Anne's Zest Ends. And that poem, when I read it to my mom the next day on the phone, I was in Florida, she was in New Jersey at the time, cried her eyes out and said, you need to share this with everybody. This is the closest to what we went through with grandma, blah, blah, blah. So I did that. And I was a nurse entrepreneur at the time in 91. And I got up at the Chamber of Commerce or nurse education meetings or whatever Mm -hmm. and said, can I read this poem for you? And every time I read it, people would come up to me wanting to talk about their grandmother, their aunt, their husband, someone that was impacted by dementia, tissues, everybody wanted to talk about. So I knew I had something. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I had something. And so I kept writing. The book was published by a nurse-owned publishing company in 93. And then I self-published last year just to get the word out again. Um, So let me, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. So when you um, you wrote that experience, and then how did you move to doing the book? Because we talked about how nurses are documenting in a very prescripted way. You have right. your format. And now with computers, you check all the assessment boxes, and you have a note. It's definitely not creative. Not However, creative. <laughs> there are nurses out there, you know, caring is an art. We have creative people out there that want to be nurses because they want to care for people right. and family, individuals and families. So when you go to nursing school, you can't necessarily pick a minor. I finished my undergraduate degree right out of high school. So I didn't have a minor. And many people do second degree programs. Right. They, they may or may not have had a minor in their undergrad or um, something creative as their major in their undergrad. Right. A lot of science, right? A lot of science. Um, Not super creative, potentially. How can nurses capture their experiences using the art of writing or recording or in a creative way for them to reflect on what's going on? That pandemic, unprecedented, unprecedented times, Mm -hmm. intense. The media portrayed it probably more than ever before. The Mm -hmm. media portrayed what was going on with nurses and providers, healthcare teams, in hospitals, in you know, acute care, critical care situations. How can nurses capture their experiences and make it something that allows them to reflect and grow and share their experiences with others? Because right. this is what you've done. Give us three quick ways three quick to ways. do that. Okay, okay. Well, the first, of course, is poetry, but not everybody is a poet. I would say journaling would be the, the first one. Journaling can be used for so many things. It could release your anxiety. Actually, I'm going to do poetry too, because in my book, I, I do these themes as well. It can do, express what you're going through, whether it's fear, doubt, uncomfortableness, a role conflict. If you're just not feeling right in your role, you need to get it out somehow and look at it and examine it. Gratitude. If you want to express gratitude to somebody on your team, 
you can write a poem or a journal entry about it, getting it out again, analyzing what don't I understand about wide complex tachycardia, blah, blah, blah. Write it out in a in a story. Um, you know, what was it about that EKG you didn't understand? Get it out. Get it out. Don't keep it in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're angry about something, get it out. If you want to celebrate that it's your 15th year in nursing and you had a, a, a cake or whatever, you know, you're celebrating, get it out in a journal. Empathy. You can do guided prompts for a journal, too. There are different nursing journals out on Amazon that I discovered where they give you prompts. What are you so what are you um, thinking about today? How was yeah. your day in nursing? You know, what's going what was well? stressful, yeah. right? What right. was stressful? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, ambivalence. Who, who recognized you? You know, and re- you can recognize others who helped exactly. you. Who saved who your helped day? You. Exactly. And I like what you're saying about the guided prompts and how you you can buy journals. I know there's a first year nursing journal out there. Many of them. You know, there are. And I, you know, I can send you a couple of links too that I found. Um, because okay. what I do is, if I'm on my computer and I find a, like a nurse podcaster, for instance. I'll bookmark that so that I have a list of people that do this. And so journals are the same. If you just Google nursing journals, you will see a lot of hits on that and they'll show you the photos and then you can go to Amazon or wherever they're publishing them. It's not only, only Amazon of that kind of thing. Um, I'll, you can also, I'll, I'll include those in the show notes because yeah. I like, I like uh, when you're home and you're, you know, you're, you're mentally, physically, you know, you can be drained. Maybe on a day mm-hmm. off, you are reinvigorated or energized. Right. I found that new nurses that I've worked with in my mentoring role, um, they tell me, oh, I look things up when I'm home because I want to know more about that. So um, they're keeping notes, journaling, writing poems, you know, take it to the next step from. Absolutely. That's, that's a great writing. idea yeah. because we don't have the time on you know, necessarily on day shift to be able to look things up because you're hustling and bustling all over the place. Everything is so action oriented, you know, and that kind of thing. But capturing, capturing your moments is what you know, Natalie and I were talking about before to be able to reflect on them in real time. Journaling. Yeah. Journaling, poetry. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't feel like writing, we talked about recording your voice memos, your voice notes. Mm-hmm. You could get your phone. Um, I have a smartphone and there's a voice memo area. Um, and you can just say, you know, the date and this is how I'm feeling and just send it on. You could be taking a nature walk while you're doing it too for yeah. therapy, for and, self-care, <laughs> you know, that's right. one of the, and you can save it for later. And when you want to deal with that, when do you want to unpack that thought? Or when do you want to revisit what you said about your, your day? You know, when are you in the mood to actually journal? Honestly, when I had kids, I started writing stories about my kids. I typed them. And then by the third kid, I said. I'm not really in a good mood about this. I'm tired and I never felt like writing. So I had took me a while to get back to the point where I had the positive energy and I felt good about writing down a few notes from the days of having little kids. Exactly. I was happy to be a mom and I adore my kids so much, but I didn't always feel like on a day-to-day basis, I was ready to sit and write about the joys of my (laughs) one-year-old, three-year-old and five-year-old. And now I'm trying to write 10 good things every day, just bullet points, because I want to reflect on that. And I think that's a great idea because it shortens the sync too. It's not long and drawn out. And yet um, one of the things 
that I wanted to say is to make sure that you have a quiet place if you're writing or, you know, to be able to center yourself and get mindful on it too. Don't be distracted. You know, if you have to close a door and lower the lights a little to get mindful, do that. Whatever helps you center and get mindful and disconnect with all the noise that's going on, if possible. Don't worry. You don't have to share it. But what I say in my workshops, because I teach haiku workshops, is if you write something, you have three choices. You can either keep it to yourself, you could throw it away, or you could share it. And I completely believe in sharing it. And when we do a workshop, what people come, uh, we, we use uh, nature prompts to write the haiku that I teach. If they want to share it with me, I collect it or I'll take a picture of it and then we'll put it on my blog and it's full circle with a picture of us and each prompt that they used and what the haiku is and everyone gets published. So think in that realm. Remember, nurses are the most trusted profession. It's timely right now to get published. Find a reporter from your hometown and maybe they can re- do a story on you, where you are, what clinical areas you're in, what stresses you went through during the pandemic. This is the time to get you know, stories out about nursing. Because if we don't validate what we do and share it, no one's going to know. And we'll keep it yeah. all inside. There's so many passages in my book. I know there's one that says, it's good to let it go. Um, oh, gosh. I, I have to find that poem, but maybe maybe later we can do it. But here's one. When it's all said and done, there's no profession as diverse as the art and the science of being a nurse. I love it. I and mean, that I says it all it. because it's art, it's art and science and left brain, right brain, you know. So we're analytical and logical in nursing a lot, but we need to exercise that other part of our brain to be creative and get the word out and share and be warm and cuddly and and, you know. We have so much to offer. It's just unbelievable how special nurses are. And because nurses are different ages going into nursing, some people are seasoned, experienced folks with other pastimes and other occupations that they've worked, and then they're coming into nursing. That's great. That can be used as a mentor too. I mean, we we need to connect with each other because it's very diverse now, nursing. Um And I just can't say enough about how happy I am to be able to be sharing my story with you and how much you care about nurses and where we are. Here we are in 2022. We've all gone through this two year plus event where I still walk around and go, what the heck happened here? Mm -hmm. We would never have, you know, expected that our lives, you know, would be this way. I mean, I have elderly parents. They lost two years of their lives, really. Mm-hmm. With aging, they're aging more accelerated now from this. Our nursing so brain. Stressful. Yeah. My so, nursing uh, brain turns on when I think about how a pandemic affected people's t- ability to get out and do what they needed to do or wanted to do. And when you see right. elderly people, um, you see it. I mean, I could write about uh, my work and how it changed during the pandemic and how when I went into a new role. The rest of the world was sort of on hold, it seemed. But when you mm-hmm. go to the hospital, it never changed. Except right. that we all wore masks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the people that were in there, many were still heavily affected by what went on during the pandemic in terms of their illnesses, or you know, they still got cancer. Mm-hmm. People still mm-hmm. needed care for leukemia or other complications of their illnesses. Exactly. People still had sickle cell crisis. Um, 
people still had traumas and falls. Mm -hmm. And I did try to capture some experiences because I had been away from the hospital for many years, but I love your, your poetry because when I read it and I think about what I saw on the inpatient unit in the past year and a half versus what I saw when I was an inpatient nurse a decade prior, it almost feels like things haven't changed. The pace has picked up a little bit, but as nurses, we're still caring in the same way. It's a, it's not a paradigm shift in terms of what we do. It's just the the pace changed for a while, the amount of death and, and disability and functioning, like even in the units, they never, when did they have to prone people in the past? Like never, this is all new. This is all new with COVID-19. One of the other things I wanted to mention is there are writing groups out there in your community that have nothing to do with nursing, but it's a creative writing group. You can write a memoir about yourself as a nurse. You can write poetry. You can write, you can do a film screenplay. You can write a theater show. There are, I believe in the Midwest, there's, um, it's called the Lamp Storytelling and they have it on in the theater and they have different nurses telling their stories on stage. You know, you can do a film, you can do a dance, create a dance production about nursing. You know, I could just feel it. I'm also an actor. Um, I've played a nurse in films with my demeanor because we know the demeanor of nursing. So you can be creative. And one of my other passions is being creative. I'm a nature photographer, an actor, a poet. Um, I've learned dance as a young child growing up with a mom who was a dance teacher. So I respect the creative arts as a way to get your stress out. I have to be creative almost every day in some way. And because we need our smiles back too. We, we, we need to feel good. Right, Natalie? Like, Yes. And Susan, you have made it so easy for nurses to, you've, you've given so many good suggestions, journals, whether they make their own, they find one with prompts, they want to write poetry. Um, storytelling. I didn't even think of that. There's storytelling everywhere. Absolutely. And people are going to listen to nurses, your experiences, your ideas, your, you know, your, what you have to say, your messaging, whether it's in a serious way or a humorous way. Exactly. And, you know, and the other <laughs> thing is you could use your social media in, in, you have to be careful because of HIPAA and everything. But if you're on LinkedIn, follow other nurses, join nursing groups, Write something out every day, an inspirational message or whatever. Or does anybody go through this on day shift? I don't know. You, you, the sky is the limit. So that's just one LinkedIn. You can do Instagram stories. There are excellent nurses out there that do either humor or, you know, just a podcast. Sarcasm. 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 A lot of sarcasm, <laughs> of course. Sometimes I go, oh my gosh. Yeah. If it was during my time in nursing, they'd get in trouble. They'd be written up. Yeah. But now, you know, <laughs> people are very bold in what they're saying about yeah. it because it's stressful. It's a stressful life. And um, I'm here to just facilitate, be a mentor, be a coach, um, career planning and that kind of thing. Um, I work. Oh, we didn't mention SBAR as, as a way to document. I grew up in the old and ancient days of soap notes and soap notes charting, but now this S bar is something very new for me, but that's, so it's situation, right? Background, Background assessment, assessment and recommendation. And recommendation. So, uh, so that's, that's another the way. communication tool. 
it's not really how you chart, but certainly it gets put in writing. And when you need to communicate with someone, you use it. And of course, as nurses, when you have to call someone, whether it's any provider or any notification you're making about the patient or something you need, you have to document that, right? Right, So SBAR is used widely and it's the expected way that people are to communicate. So but here, Still, here's another, you can't really get creative, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, wait, 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 I did. I just, I just had a light bulb moment. You could use S bar as a self-reflection tool for yourself for self-care. What's the situation? I am totally stressed out today. I had 30 patients, blah, 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 blah. Background. Med surge unit, blah, 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 blah. Action. Or what's the A again? Assessment. Assessment. You know, I need a break. I need to do something. I'm, and then the recommendation, I'm going to take a class on stress management. I'm going to buy a candle. I'm going to dance tonight to get away. You can do yeah. SBAR for self-care as well. That's I love it. Light bulb. <laughs> because I really am focused on helping nurses to manage professional self-care. Because if right. you consistently don't take a break or you're running yourself down, that's right. not really good professional self-care. And to have the balance in your shift or your day, even nurses that work in jobs as educators or desk jobs or day jobs, yeah. you could be on Zoom all day. You have to strike that balance. And it takes some planning because if you don't make an effort to be mindful of your self-care, you know, those habits that you form are not good. And it are doesn't help good. you be well and feel good on the job or off exactly. the job. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Susan, I, I love that. your mm-hmm. I love your light bulb moment. And, <laughs> you know, people might not want to even think about SBAR when they're not at work, but that's a great takeaway. And it can be concise. Uh, in summary, I just want to say, I love your ideas. And I love that you wrote a Aww. book. And you gave so many ideas on how to just share your thoughts and feelings social media, LinkedIn, more professional social media, but it's still there for everyone. There are nurses on, there are nurses on, excuse me, TikTok and Instagram too. Yeah. Everywhere. Many. Yeah. We're all all there, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the place to be. So Mm -hmm. I, um, I would like to just ask to have you share with people how they can get in touch with you, Mm -hmm. um, your email and your website. And then I will be sure to include in the show notes, your contact information, your social media, and the link to your book, which I really appreciate that you shared with me. It's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, so, okay, what did you? My my website is very easy. SJF for my initials. SJF Communications plural dot com. SJF Communications dot com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as at SJF Commo. And I'm on Facebook, uh, SJF Communications. LinkedIn is Susan J. Faris, MSNRN, SJF Communications. You can find me just by Googling me. I'm all over the place. And I'm happy to connect with you on if you have questions about career planning, change, reinvention, writing, you know, creative arts, that kind of thing. Am I supposed to read a book, a, a poem from the book, did you say also? Do we have time? How is um, your time? Le- I I have time and I would love to hear you read a short poem. I actually would love to have you read page 54, The Code. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little bit of excitement. That's a there. surprise. That's a surprise. So remember now, these were written in the 1990s. Okay. The Code. I don't know that it's all changed that much. But it may not have. I picked out that it one. It may have. Bedlam and action envelop me in the code cardiac arrest, 
defibrillation, CPR, meds, treatments, team leader controls. We all stand around the long stretcher amidst us. It's a sea of hope. What say you of this? How do you feel when you're there? Are you afraid to? Let's share our feelings of this surrealism, witness to a code. It's okay to fear our own mortality when life is so fragile. And I just got tingles reading this. I haven't read this out loud in any of the podcasts I've done. That is pretty astute of you. Thank you. It was <laughs> but, beautiful. But Thank I mean, you. a code situation, I mean, especially if you're a new nurse, might be stressful. You know, analyze this, write it down somehow. And that, by the way, is in haiku format, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. So bedlam and action is five. Envelop me in the code, seven. Cardiac arrest, five. So that's an ancient Japanese form of poetry, haiku, which is what I teach um, for the general public. And I'd be happy to teach any nurse groups that would like it too. But I mean, that's one example of getting your fears or your feelings or you're just, what's happening here in a code? Other than I went to the airway, I went to the lab, I saw the patient's family go there. Um, I positioned the patient comfortably. Um, you know, there's so many roles in a code. I gave meds. I was the team leader, whatever, ACLS. Thank you, Susan, so much. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) I'm really glad we got to talk. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Connect today with the CareerWise Nurse podcast community. Do this by emailing belong at careerwisenurse.com. That's B-E-L. O-N-G at careerwisenurse.com. Join the CareerWise Nurse Facebook group. A link is provided at the bottom of the page. Leave a review for this podcast. Scroll past the episodes where you will see write a review. I read every review because I want to know what you think, what you want to know, who you want to meet to help you live your best nursing life. Tap on the stars to rate this podcast. Thank you. Talk to you soon.